Hello everyone, welcome to the AfriTalk podcast where we come together to discover ourselves through our heritage and sharing our experiences in the diaspora. I am your host Jackie. Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the AfriTalk podcast, where we come together as a community to discuss, learn from one another, and share our experiences as Africans in the diaspora. And my name is Jackie. Thank you for watching my previous video and listening to my podcast. If you've not had the chance to, I'll put a link in the description box so you can go and listen or watch. If you grew up in Africa and you came to the West at a, uh, at a young age and you want to share your experience or your journey, you can send me a DM uh, at AfriTalk underscore pod. You can send me an email to AfriTalk at gmail.com I always have to think twice <laughs> and then I will just I will have a conversation so on this week I have uh, a guest and we're going to talk about his journey here uh, in the west welcome Nyamiche uh, good evening my sister I hope you're doing well good evening I'm, I'm doing well too I hope from yeah. your side too can you please introduce yeah. yourself yeah so my name is Nyamiche mm-hmm. um, I'm a photographer uh, I'm a lot of things but people know me as a photographer so let's just keep it that way keep it that way okay okay where do you live currently i'm in belgium belgium okay and where were you born i was born in ghana until what age did you stay there i stayed up there till the age of uh 12 so 11 12 11 12 just like me funny (laughs) where did you live and how was school how was the area was family how was life in ghana Actually, life was, was not bad in Ghana because I had most of my family members around me. My grandmother, uh, my uncles, my aunties. Everybody was basically around me, except, of course, my parents. But that that wasn't really a big problem for me. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a good life back, back in the days. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Okay. So, if I understand, so your parents were not with you in Ghana at that time. They were already in Belgium. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you had to stay with family. I had to stay with family for almost 10 years. Okay. How did you, I mean, did you always, when you were staying with family, did you know that they were not like your real or your biological parents? Were you aware? I, if you are, if you, if you were born in a household, of course, when they tell you, these are your mom and dad, you know, okay, these are your mom and dad. (laughs) You don't, you don't want People coming to you and telling you they are not your biological parents, or you know, you 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 are born into a family and you take everybody as who they are. Who so they are. I never even had the idea or the time to go and ask, are they my parents? No. Mm. <laughs> so at what age did you get to know that they were not your real, they were not your biological parents? Um, my my parents are my bi- my biological parents, but I knew my biological parents because they told me. But like, for example, I, I got to know my, my grandmother. My mom had a sister and I, I, I mostly used to call her mom or mama. But of course I knew I'm a very, very intelligent guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course I knew my mom because my mom left me when I was a, uh, around two years old. So I knew my mom. I knew her face. I knew how she smelled. Uh, I knew how she talked. So, and and in Ghana back in that those days, they will they will plan a, a call with you just like you are doing right now. 
mm-hmm. like like they're doing right now. They'll plan a call with you and they'll say, I want to speak to my son or I want to speak to my daughter or whatever. And they give you a chance to speak to them and then they will tell you who they are and where they are and the reason why you are not with them. So I got to know them even when they were not there. So yeah, that is that is it. Okay. So at that age, did they, uh, like you said, did they tell you why they left you behind? No, because you know, normally, because you know, like in our community, parents or our parents normally don't like have com- they don't really communicate with us. You just have to take things like they are. You just don't ask questions and you just accept it. So I'm wondering if they told you why you are alone in Ghana and they are here uh, in Belgium, you know, to maybe work no. or something. You know, as a, as a child, you you mostly don't ask questions in in African communities. Don't ask questions. Mm. All you do is you accept things the way it goes and when you are growing up then you start asking questions but even if you ask questions most of the time you don't get answers unless you get to a stage or age where you you be like you know I want to know it by myself and you start looking for answers by yourself by tricking people and asking them strange questions and that's what I did so uh, I'll be asking questions like, but why so, is that for example like i honestly still don't understand why because i i also had that uh, 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 that experience myself like i honestly don't know why people can you not know, just like have normal conversation with children they think like you're disrespectful so many things like, why do you think that is actually doesn't make sense in the african setting children are not used are not even counted as as human beings let me put it this way it will sound very stupid or very strange, but human like children are not really counted in African settings as um, as humans. They mm-hmm. are counted with the cats and dogs. So if you if they say sit, you have to sit. Oh. If they say sleep, you have to sleep. That is that is what I know. But that doesn't mean it's bad. I mean they are taking care of you. So when they say sit and you sit, they say stand and you stand. But at a certain age, you should know that a, a child is learning at any phase in life. So when they start asking questions, you need to know their brains are developing. So you have to give them answers. Even if you don't have answers, you have to try and illustrate it with maybe um, colors or maybe a story so that a child has something in his mind. In this way, when he's, he or she is growing up, he or she will develop uh, something like, if I ask a question, I will get an answer. But with us, most of us didn't get an answer. So Either you grow up and be quiet, either you grow up and try to find things your way. And this is this is part of the reason why a lot of Africans don't get to where they want to get. Mm-hmm. But I was fortunate to have uh, my own way of doing things. I used to ask questions. People didn't really like my way of doing things. But my questions were not the, like the this. The, the questions a, a young guy will a small child will ask i'm just going to give an example mm-hmm. i will go to church and the pastor will be preaching i will never go to a supper school or sunday school it's sunday school as you, as you guys call it most of the time i was sitting with the elder elderly people just to hear what they have to say and i always challenge them with whatever they are saying so if they say yeah jesus was walking on water i ask them which whom of you of all let's say who in this room can walk on water and most of the time nobody raises hands you see then i i knew okay this jesus must be different 
from all the people in this room. So when they are talking about Jesus Christ, I know, okay, none of you is like him. So I can't trust you all. I can only trust that Jesus you guys are talking about. So this is how my ideology was. Yeah. Not that I, I was wiser than other kids, but I developed this kind of question and answer to justify what I know. You see? Mm-hmm. Um, but with other kids at school, I used to be bullied because I didn't have a, a father when when we have this, our day or our, our mother, you, they will give you food and you just go to the school and, and eat. And some people, fathers will come and pick them up. Unfortunately, yours was not there. So they, of course they will bully you with, ah, your dad is not here. You don't have a mother. You don't have a father. Mm. How did it make you feel all those times? Because, and I can imagine you also went wondering like, where are my parents? Why are they not here? Why did they leave me behind? How did it make you feel? You, you will feel different. But, you know, I knew that I had a father. So that was the, that was the whole thing. They, children will always bully you for you to feel bad. But I knew I had a father. I knew I had a mother. But And you were also the, in communication with your dad at that time? The whole time, all the time. But the, the, the funny part is that when they are saying that uh, your mom and dad is not here, in my mind, I, I, I just put it this way. Yes, it's true because they are right. They are not here. They are somewhere else. And one day, one day, I will see them. Even if it takes 100 years, I will see them. But what hurt me the most was this, that every child, some, some children will be holding the hands of their parents or some were picked up and, and they can just be in a car with their parents. Meanwhile, I have to travel miles to go to school. So sometimes you'll be going to church alone. Uh, so most of the most of your life you have to struggle alone and the, mind you that that is not a bad thing most people think it's a bad thing but that has kept me strong that's the reason why i am who i am right now because i have learned that at a young age being like that i have developed some kind of protection for myself and when growing up uh, yeah, Ghana, I, I can't compare Ghana with here, but mm. growing up, um, I met a lot of people too. Like I had a teacher and, and this teacher, he was, he was basically one of my heroes. He, he would tell me, your parents are not here, but your grades are good. Your parents are not here, but you are doing well. And so he motivates you to, to come out great. And I really wish there were more people like him because with his motivation, sometimes I will get my report. I would, I was Ted, I would be Ted. And then I'll be sitting down there be like, oh, my grandmother is going to beat me. I have to be first. Oh my God. And then he will came like, you did very well. Even though your parents are not here, you still did well. I will run miles because of what he said and go home. Be like, ha, ah, so finally somebody said something positive. Mm. And I think that's what we lack right now. People, mm. people don't get close to people that don't have parents, parents. Uh, just or, or people that don't have somebody to take care of them to give them that encouraging word like, hey, you are doing great. We got you. We know what you're doing. Nobody does that. You know, I can give you an example. I have been doing photography for a long time, for a long time. Nobody has even, I have seen people giving awards, not even one time have anybody call me and say, oh, Nyamiche, you have been doing a great job for 10 years. Let's give you a award. 
<laughs> which <won't> award? Exactly. <laughs> you won't hear it. But that's that's an example that I'm giving. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you do something good, people need to recognize and say, ah, why are they? More, why are they? In this way, people move forward. But as a child, when you don't get that, you grow up. What do you fancy one? <laughs> because you don't learn that at a young age when you grow up you also don't give that to other people but where, where did you live where was this uh which which city was this i used to live in Kumasi. so in Kuma, uh, yeah so you're in Ashanti. yeah i don't actually i don't want to talk about tribes you know <laughs> you know how people <laughs> like, I, so I try I to avoid mentioning my tribe because if i mention it right now people will be like hey we did not expect that so the, let's leave that tribe. <laughs> let's leave it that yeah. you lived in Kumasi. Yeah, exactly. You grew up in Kumasi. No problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. And you lived with your grandma. Uh, you lived with your grandmother. And yeah. um, yeah. Ghana was cool. Um, Ghana was fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you always know that you moved to to Belgium? Did you had an idea that one day, one day, my parents come and pick me up? I I heard my parents always saying, "Yeah, we'll come for you, uh, surely." But keep on praying. But my idea was not coming here. My idea was staying with my grandmother. So my whole idea was like, I have to stay with my grandmother because she might need me one day. I have to stay here in this country. I mean, I didn't know what, what is Belgium. If you're in, in Africa, well, what is Belgium to you? I don't know what Belgium is. I don't know what Europe is. Mm. Me, uh, what is Canada? What is snow? I don't know anything as a child. You don't, you don't know anything. You, they just tell you and you'll be like, okay, you suck it in like a sponge. Like I, I said, and everything now oh, you see it on tv yeah they, they show you pictures this your dad look he's here uh, this is his picture he's in somewhere in, in europe you'll be like hey wow he's wearing very big clothes so. and then you'll be you'll be like okay so why is he wearing this clothes you'll be asking questions but again you don't get answers so you start fantasizing okay this but i never had this idea that i, I would be here honestly if somebody had told me you you your parents will come for you and, and bring you to Belgium, I would say the person is a liar. See. So at what point were you did they tell you that they were coming for you? Well, uh they did not actually t- tell me that they were coming for me. They were always saying it on the phone, but they did not tell me, mm-hmm. okay, we will come for you next year or this year. There was just one day that they said, okay, pack your bags. Um the plane is ready, your papers are ready, you have to go to your parents. And even coming here, I didn't take a lot of things. I took a shoe. Wait, oh, just like that? Just like that. I took a shoe, I took clothes, I took my toothpaste, I took my camera, my first camera. I took, what did I take? Paper to write things. And and basically... The same day? or an- Yeah. So the they told so, they told you the same day that you're going to Belgium and the same day you left. Yeah, the same day that they said you are, you have to go to your parents and the same day they brought me to Accra. The next day the flight was ready. I left. So how I did it make you no feel? Answer. How were you feeling travel. when you heard you were going to travel? Like were you in a way happy? Like, hey, at least I'm going to you know paradise. At least this I'm leaving this hot Ghana. You know, happy. <laughs> Happy. Uh, me, me in Accra, I don't see aeroplane in, in, in Philly, Philly, like front of me. Mm. So I didn't know what an aeroplane was. I didn't know where I was going. Mm. All I knew was that I'm, I was going alone. That was, that was a fear, going alone. I have never gone 
anywhere alone apart from walking to school and coming back home. But this time, they said you are going to your parents. Don't know where they are. But you board in the plane. Um, they give you this uh, air hostess or whatever they call them to guide you. Mm-hmm. And so to me, every time I, if the first one minute to one hour that I was sitting in the plane, I, they said, if you need something, press on this thing and it will come to you. I press it like hundred times. Ah. Are we ah. there yet? Ah. Where, where are my parents? Ah, because as a child, what do you know? Oh, you, you, they didn't tell me it's gonna take village. Eight hours, eight hours to get there, and the plane. I didn't know why it was in the air. All I knew is that it is in the air, and people were not talking. Nobody was saying anything. Meanwhile, I'm there thinking, okay, so all these people are going to Belgium. All these people in the plane are going to Belgium. Some are old, some are young, and me, this small guy, I'm also going there. From Kumasi. What, what, yeah, what am I going to do there? You know, I saw I can people... understand that you were afraid because, yeah, nobody of was course. telling you. No explanation, nothing. nothing Just nothing. pack your bags, you're going, and all of a sudden you are somewhere that you've never can understand. Yeah, communicate. African people in communication. Oh, oh. Yeah, they took you there. Okay, okay. You, you will be like, okay, you had something, a, a view in front of you. I'm going to my parents, I'm going to my parents, I'm going to my parents. So that was my whole question. Like in the plane, I was asking, so where are my parents? Are we almost there? Where are my parents? I want to see them. So yeah, that's, that's the whole experience. At the immigration, they will ask you questions and to be sure if you are not being, uh, you're not being, how do you call it, human traffic thing that they were going on that moment. Mm-hmm. So that one, that one was also there. And that took me almost three hours to, to, to get out because they needed to be sure if your your parents are not are not criminals, that yeah. they are who they who they say they are, so yeah. But when you were on the way from Ghana to Belgium, were you expecting anything? You know how your life would be in Belgium. How was it feeling? How how yeah? Were you preparing for something? How was it? I didn't prepare for anything to be honest. Um, I didn't even prepare to. I wasn't ready. And put it that way. I wasn't ready to be in a different country because even the first day that I landed in in Belgium, I started missing my grandmother. So being with your parents and missing your grandmother, because I I I used to pray with her every evening. I came to my parents, it totally changed. They didn't know that I, I used to pray with her every evening. It totally changed. Then my parents we used to pray. We used to pray every morning. So I had to get used to waking up every morning. But with my grandmother, it was praying every evening. So you can imagine the whole, your whole life changes. It's, I don't know how to describe it, but nobody. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like as a young child of 11, 12 years old, moving from Ghana to, well, to Belgium, how did, how was it? How did your life change? How was life? Were you happy? How was things? Of course, you will be happy to see your parents and hug them and actually start, start crying and, and noticing, okay, they did care about you, just that the time was not there. They, they told you, they told me, yeah, we, you, we couldn't come because of this. They show you all the things, the symptoms, like the symptoms, let me put it that, of the sickness that was here. So, uh, they will show you this is the reason why we didn't come for you. So don't blame us. They will, they will make you feel comfortable at home. And this is normal. It's a good thing. But one thing that people don't know is that um, as a child, you, you are traumatized. 
by all these things. You you want to want to understand. First of all, you don't know why they left you where you were, and they 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 gave you people to take care of you. These people also you left them. Imagine you left these people that were taking care of you. Stop missing these people that, that were taking care of you. You came you come to a foreign country, a foreign country that you don't even know the language. You don't know what they eat. At a long at a long while, I was asking. So when I, where are we going to buy a mutu? When are we going to buy jollof rice? They told me they don't they don't sell jollof rice around here. You can't even go to somebody's house. You were like stuck. One thing that really annoyed me was when I came to Belgium, six o'clock. Uh, not even six o'clock. It was four o'clock, and it was already dark. Mm. I was like, no, it wasn't that. It was light. For uh, uh, no, in the evening at ten o'clock, it was still light. I was like, ah. Oh, which country is this? and and which uh, which season or what season did you come? It was around March. It was around March. Oh, okay, so around, oh, yeah. around this, this same this same time. You see that now yeah. even now you look outside. I don't know what time it is. It's still sunny. It's, it's still uh, sunny. Yeah, it's still sunny. I really didn't like it because I couldn't sleep. Ghana, seven a uh, five o'clock. King, light off. Don't know if mm. God of the light or the devil of the light, but it's it's off and you can sleep. But here. I mean, look at now, what's the time? I think it's almost nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's, still, it's still sunny. It's not healthy for a child to sleep while it's still sunny. So yeah, you can imagine a lot of changes, not even the weather. The weather was, uh, if you come here, you think ah, this weather, I will get used to it. Not knowing you are breathing in sicknesses, not knowing you are, you, you will get sick later, your back will be hurting you. You'll be like, <laughs> afterwards, mm, wear a jacket. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to wear a jacket. You don't have friends. You miss your friends. I missed my teacher, the one I was talking about. I missed one of my best friends, Edward. I can't call him because I didn't, I didn't even know his number. I missed my church members. I missed, but who do you have to go and talk to, talk to about all these things? The people you miss, you, you barely speak your own language in a school. You go to a foreign school where everybody is different. All the people are white. All, the, all you see is white people. Meanwhile, back in your country, all the people you saw were black. And you can talk to but you couldn't do that anymore. You come to a place, you are discriminated, you get into a school where all the kids are watching you anyhow. By the way, I was the only black guy in my school. That makes it even worse. Exactly. So I had to do my best. I had to actually do 14 times what white people does to prove myself worthy of being in the school. You know, and that also, I think my parents did well by putting me directly into a school where only white people were because I didn't felt like I'm competing with them, but I felt like I have to be better than them. And that mm. is something that actually also helped me to grow. Yeah. But at this point, when you were going through all of these things, were you able to like talk to your parents about it, uh, about it and were they maybe understanding? Were they helping you to maybe get over these traumas? You know, were they helping you in a way? When I was at, at 12 years old, what do I know? Nothing. All I know is that my parents came for me and I'm grateful for them for coming for me. But talking to them, already they had issues. They had People issues like Ghanaian people have like how do we survive here issue, yeah? 
So they're thinking of something. Could I you this exactly. your feeling? You just so, be happy and great. Go on your knees every day and thankful and be thankful to us that you know you've come to abroad. Your life is going to be better. What is feeling? Do you know what is feeling? Yeah. So as a as a, as an African child, as a as a young boy, you don't question, you don't again, you don't question your parents. You just be thankful for the sacrifices they are made for you. Because if they are not there, you're not there. But there was a moment that I, I felt bad at school. And of course, I'll go to my parents and tell them, I'm not feeling well at this school. Um, and then they'll tell you, you want us to change the school. You don't want to change the school because also there you have learned to know new people. So honestly, it's, it wasn't easy. When people, yeah. when people see you uh, as a young guy that came from Africa, you grow and you have become now what you are. They think you had it all easy because of what they see. But we have gone through a whole, like a whole, uh, all of, I don't know, a whole ride of horrors before getting where we are. And exactly. And also for you, for example, it was also not easy. You lived in Ghana without your parents. You've never met your dad before. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you are here and all of a sudden this is your dad. Like also, how do you start building a relationship with him? Well, I, I knew my dad uh, from pictures, from, mm-hmm. from, from images that I, I saw. And that was my superhero, you know, and meeting him was great. Like the way he will lift you up and tell you I've missed you and all that. Um, it was a great feeling because, yeah, as a child, like I said, I, you want someone to hold your hand. Take it. You didn't have it. Now you have it. But then you have to start bounding with them. How was where, that? Because you didn't where, really live with them, you know, and your yeah. mom left at, uh, when you were when you were young. So you didn't yeah. really like have that kind of relationship. It's not like today's day that we have WhatsApp, you can be calling 24-7, you know. So how was, you know, how was your relationship with them? How did you guys, you know, eventually bond together? Well, it started by, because when, when I came here, my brothers were already born. So mm. I had two other brothers and I was the eldest. So... I wasn't really bounding with my parents more, uh, but I was listening to their advice. So do this, do that, do that. I started creating a bond with my brothers because they were on the same level with my understanding. And they were teaching me the language and they were taking me places like school and all that. Here, here is this, here is that. They will show you, you can go here, you can do that, you can do that. It was fun to bond with them. But then at a certain age, I think when I was 14, I needed more attention from my parents because you become a teenager and you, you start to understand the world differently. Um, they start teaching you strange things in the school. You, you need to uh, come home and tell your parents, for example, sexuality. Why are they teaching me that? Um, they gave me this, this, this. What should I do with it? And, you know, African parents, sexuality is... Uh, is a taboo. We don't talk about mm. it now. So, but the white people at school, they will teach you all these kind of things. As a young guy, you're like, okay, so what, what was the reason for them teaching you this? We don't do that in Africa. Don't do that True. in Africa. So why are they teaching me these kind of things? You ask a question, yourself question, but then you go back, like, let me talk to my parents. Maybe this school is not good for me. But you talk to your parents and they tell you, it's a normal thing, you know, that's the white people, that's how they do their life. But don't do it, you see. So it's like the you go back uh, to um, 
uh, they want you to be belong to to the the new place you have come to, but they don't want you to act like the people that the you have people. come across. Yeah, and it's it's good some way, but it's also not good some way because it's like something is hidden, something that they are hiding from you. Yeah, so okay. life wasn't easy for me. For me, for example, when I came here, all I was hearing was the advice people will be giving people from church, people from the communities, this born in Ghana uh, children. Now that you've come here, don't behave like other children. No? Even though this is a free country, don't think you have it all. Oh. Uh, uh, I won't be, won't be surprised if you also become bad like the other children that they are, who are brought from Africa. Hmm, you better listen to advice, things like that. Well, did you also have like those kind of advices or judgments I actually normal call them. Do you have uh, yeah, people around you who are saying stuff like that? Of course, you will have people around you that will be saying, yeah, the kids that were born, brought from Africa, they, their minds, when they get here, they don't focus on school. They want to do this. They want to have bad friends. It's unfortunate. Me, I never had friends. When I came here, I never had friends. My only friends were my brothers. But I didn't really have friends like, okay, I'm going to play with this white guy in his, in, his, in his mother's house. That was not done. And so I'm not talking for everybody, but there are some people, for example, if where, where we were living, where my parents were living was a total village. So all you see is white people. But then you have some people that go and live in a community, like a community, like an African community or Moroccan community. Or, and then they start... They start uh, associating themselves with the Africans, you see? And, and then before you know, instead of being a good, a good boy, you start roaming around with these uh, G-unit people, <laughs> these gangster mm. boys. And of course, you're, instead of focusing on your schooling, you'll be focusing on, let me go and see this friend, let me go and see this friend. I think I should be grateful for my parents for not taking me to, let's say, in a city, to live in a city. But yeah, think, uh, where were you guys living at that time? Which city? We, we were living, we were living uh, at where, where they call it Oostvlaanderen. That is Belgium. They have this Antwerp, and then they have Brussels, and then they have Oostvlaanderen. But Oostvlaanderen is mostly, let's say, Boschemente. It's like it's pure village. In Ghana, we okay. would say a <laughs> So Okay. That, that's what I used deep, to. Live. Deep village, yeah, okay. yeah. So you have small circles and all that. I would like us to uh, talk about the, hmm, I, well, I want to say taboo, but I don't really taboo. I would like us to talk about the whole ideology about children who are brought from Ghana. Uh, it's a bad idea. Or children who are brought from Ghana need to be um, treated differently or, you know, you know, like extra, extra people need to be, the parents need to be extra hard on them. Also go and come home, they'll come home with pregnancy or they'll go and join gang or they'll make the investments spoil or whatever. I want us to talk about that. And like, and what, and I want to know from your side, uh, point of view, what you think about all these things, but uh, that will be in the next video, that'll be next week. So please, please, please do subscribe, click on the notification bell, like and comment and share this video with everyone you know and next week we'll be back with this with a continuation of this interview that's all i have for you thank you nyameche <laughs> okay bye
Thank you for listening to the Afri Talk podcast. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. For more amazing stories, stay connected by following me on all social media platforms. Find me on Instagram at AfriTalk underscore pod, on Twitter at AfriTalk pod, and on Facebook, AfriTalk podcast. Or you can send me an email at AfriTalkP at gmail.com. AfriTalkP at gmail.com. <laughs>